Hey everyone, before we begin, I wanted to give a trigger warning for sexual assault for story number four. I just wanted to let you guys know that. All that being said, as always, if you have your own story, you could submit it to my website at southerncannibal.com. But without further ado, let's begin. The story takes place over the course of six years, so it's going to be a long one. I'll be using fake names for the person mentioned in the story. For reference, I'm female. So back in 2014, in an English class I was taking at my local community college, is where I met Mark. I'm a pretty friendly person, and during college, I always made at least two to three new friends in my classes every semester. This class was no different. I'd made a little group of friends, including Mark. He was a pretty chill guy. We had a lot of things in common, so we talked a lot, and we even did a few group projects together. He's a wide guy, around five foot nine, a little chubby, and for as long as I've known him, he's always had a handlebar mustache. He never gave off any red flags, and at the time, I was in a relationship with my first serious boyfriend, and at the time, we had been together for about two years and I was very much in love. I always talked about him to my friends, including Mark, in our English class. I mention this because I really wanted to specify that it's not possible for me to have let him on or gave him any reason to think that I was interested in him. Towards the end of the semester, I thought nothing of it when Mark had asked to be friends on Facebook. We added each other, and I thought that was that. So about two months after adding him on Facebook... We were having a normal conversation on Facebook Messenger, and we were talking about some movie he saw, when he randomly asks me, So, do you like me? Um, what? I replied. You know, like, are you interested in me? Romantically. What? No. I have a boyfriend, and you know this. After this, Mark doesn't respond to my messages, and we don't communicate for a while. Three months after that awkward conversation... He randomly messages me again, and this is how the conversation went. Hey, I didn't know you were married. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, we're not married, but we've been together for two years. Almost three years. Oh, well good. Yeah, what made you think I was married, and why would I have to tell you? Well, he's all over your Facebook, and he's in a lot of your pictures. And I thought you were interested in me. Dude, what? I've told you about him so many times, and you can't claim you didn't know. I'm not interested in you, and I never have been. This really annoyed me, but didn't make me feel concerned at all. I didn't block him, and we just didn't talk for a while. Occasionally, he would message me, but these conversations wouldn't last that long, because he would always ask me out, and I would just get annoyed at him. Also, he would always try and ask me the weirdest questions, and then he would try to say that I was insinuating things to him which I never did. At the time, I hadn't exactly found my voice yet, and I never spoke up for myself. And I always really worried about making people mad or hurting their feelings. So when Mark would get like this, I felt that I had to explain myself as to not make him mad. This terrible characteristic of mine spilled into my relationship and friendships. This first serious relationship wasn't a good one. Although I loved him so much, I was blinded. This boyfriend of mine in question was awful to me. He was very mean, and he always put me down. Every time he did or said something that hurt my feelings, 
I would try to talk to him about it, but he would just get mad and then blame what he did or said on me. This relationship lasted five years, which I deeply regret letting it go on that long. Fast forward to 2017, and I hadn't talked to Mark on Facebook for about two years, and I went through so many life changes, so Mark was never on my mind. In February 2017, I had finally had enough of my boyfriend's emotional and verbal abuse, and I finally broke up with him. The end of this relationship was pretty messy to say the least. That was the first time I felt empowered and had a positive outlook on my life. And sadly, I had two tragic losses of people that I was very close with, and I then fell into a deep depression. Like a lot of people do, I had vented about the things I was going through on Facebook. A lot of my friends were supportive and always talked to me, and really helped me through that rough year. Of course, I still had Mark as a Facebook friend, and when he saw that I was single again, he broke the two years of silence of not talking to each other to ask me out. I rejected him again immediately, and I told him I wasn't interested, and nothing would ever happen between us. Then again, silence. But he did send me a request on Instagram, and I have no idea why, but I added him. But as 2017 goes by, I get close with a longtime friend of mine, and right around New Year's, we officially start dating. Mark stops his unwanted advances, and I feel a bit relieved, but also slightly concerned when I see on Facebook that the guy has a girlfriend. For some reason, I just felt bad for her. Again, time goes by without speaking to Mark. Late into 2018, I noticed on my Facebook feed that Mark is posting really long paragraphs. I would ignore them, but one night I was curious, and I decided to read one. I ended up reading about five of these posts, and it was all about really long rants about his girlfriend breaking up with him. As I kept reading, I grew slightly unsettled. In these long rants, he was going on about how he didn't understand why his girlfriend broke up with him, how he was such a good guy, and she was really stupid for leaving him. Then it got disturbing. He then started ranting that there was nothing wrong with him, and there was something definitely wrong with women, that we're all fucked in the head for rejecting him, and that women must be so blind for not seeing that he was such a good and amazing guy. Now, these are some things I don't feel comfortable saying here. He used an array of colorful language and a lot of awful words that are technically politically incorrect. Nonetheless, he sounded very entitled. I swear, I thought at this point that I'd finally blocked him, but apparently I didn't. So about another year goes by, and my boyfriend and I had dated for almost two years, when he then broke up with me in July of 2019. It was unexpected, and I was completely devastated. This time I didn't post about it on Facebook, and I just talked about it with my friends. I also, for the first time in my life, started to go to therapy for my depression, which I'm proud I did. With the help of therapy, I'd started getting myself together mentally, and I really felt like I was getting back to normal. In November of 2019, my friends had encouraged me to try talking to other guys. My friend Chris encouraged me to make a Bumble account, and I thought, what the heck? I'll give it a try, I guess. So I make a Bumble account, and after browsing the app for about 20 minutes, I just immediately lost interest. I just didn't like the function of the app, and I didn't go back on it. I only had the app for a little less than like two days, when I then got a Facebook notification while I'm at the gym. Since I was doing some heavy lifting, I completely ignored it and forgot all about it. The next day, I get another Facebook message that is the emoji with a raised eyebrow. I look, and it's from Mark. I open the Messenger app, 
and I see the message that I got at the gym was also from Mark. This is what he said. Oh my god, you're single? I just saw your profile on Bumble. I thought you were taken. That's why I didn't ask you out or anything. I reply back with a, Yeah, that's not weird at all. And I've told you numerous times that I'm not interested in you. In fact, I'm not interested in dating at all right now. I'm actually deleting my Bumble account. Then I kid you not, he actually says this. Well, in that case, I offer myself to you as friends with benefits if you ever find yourself feeling lonely and need sex. And in case you didn't know, I'm single too. At this point, I can't fucking believe this guy. I've been rejecting his advances for years, and I finally reached my breaking point with him. And I snapped. Again, how is that not weird? Who the hell says that? I don't know what part of I'm not interested you don't fucking get. I've been telling you no for years, and my answer will always be no. Get it through your head and accept it. Leave me alone. I didn't give him a chance to reply to that message, and I actually finally blocked him on Facebook. He never really talked to me on Instagram, but I blocked him on there too. I was just so done with his ass. Again, that was in November of 2019, and I thought that would be the end of Mark, and that I'd never hear from him again. Sadly though, I was wrong. Since blocking him on Facebook and Instagram, he became my cyberstalker, and he started finding me literally everywhere on any form of social media. First, he found my Snapchat. I knew it was him because of his bitmoji. He had sent me a message, but I didn't bother opening it, and I immediately blocked him. Next, he found my Twitter. I made my Twitter account way back in 2013, but I didn't use it for years. I have only started being active on it within the last year. Again, he messages me. I block him and delete his message without ever reading it. Right around this time is when the coronavirus happened, and I became unemployed like millions of other people. I was bored, and I decided to make a Hinge account to talk to people because I was so bored and I had really missed interacting with people. Hinge was a great experience, and I made a few new gaming friends that I play video games with on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation. I've even met an awesome guy. We exchange phone numbers, and we plan on going a date when this quarantine is all over. I exchanged phone numbers with this guy, because of course, Mark found me on Hinge. I had my Hinge account for about a week when he found me. He sent me a creepy message. Hey stranger, nice seeing you here. You must be looking to get back out there. I'm still available, you know. There was more to his message, but I didn't even bother to finish reading it. The thing about Hinge is you can't block someone unless you match with them. You like someone's picture, or you answer to one of the questions that Hinge asks you to boost up your profile. When you like something, you can choose to send them a message along with your like. That person can then choose to match or pass with you. I just wanted to block him there. There was no chance in hell I was going to match with them. I had already exchanged info with all the other people I met there, so I deleted my account. That was a month ago. Since then, Marcus found my Pinterest and my regular Reddit account. I also have a throwaway account. But of course, I've blocked him on all those sites, but I'm getting so sick and tired of him popping up on just about every site and app that I'm on. I'm so happy and grateful that I keep my phone number off of social media and that he hasn't gotten it yet. I'm a little creeped out, but not scared. He hasn't threatened me, and he hasn't reached out to any of my friends or family on social media. I know this because I've asked. I'm just really, really annoyed at this point, so I guess I'll end my story with this. Mark, I've been rejecting you for six years now. The answer always has been, and always will be no. I will never date you. Get over it. 
Now please, just leave me alone. When I was around eight or so, my parents had gotten divorced and were always at work. Keep in mind, both of my parents had recently moved into some really bad areas. Being an only child and struggling to make friends, I resorted to online games. There was a particular game called Pixie Hollow, and it was centered around a Tinkerbell-themed world. It was mostly for making friends around the different worlds, basically different servers, and dressing up your avatar. I was completely obsessed with playing that game and spent so many hours of my childhood playing it. My avatar had my first name on it, but other than that, I always made sure to never give any information about myself away. I was playing the game one day, going around different worlds, and this one player named Melanie, who clearly had just made it, just kept following me through whichever world I was in. I typed in the speech bubble, Why are you following me? The player then responded with, Is your first name? And then wrote my first name. And I responded back with, Yes, figuring no harm would come of it. The character then asked, Is this your last name? And typed in my last name. I was beginning to remember everything my mother had told me about cyberstalking, so I responded back with no. I thought this was the end of it, but it was far from over. They followed me around more, and then, when it was just the two of us alone in one world, they asked, Is this address where you live? And they actually wrote out my correct address. I totally freaked out, and I slammed my computer screen shut. I went to bed that night having lots of nightmares of being kidnapped. I eventually pushed that incident to the back of my mind, and I began playing the game happily again. The same player kept following me, attempting to ask me multiple invasive and really creepy questions. When school had started back up, I forgot all about the game, and the last time I checked, the game was shut down for similar issues to mine. I really hope Melanie didn't manage to find any children. I've had a few run-ins with people stalking me, but nothing compares to this one. It happened in 2016. I lived in a rural area, and I just wanted to get to know some of the people living there too. I really liked decorating and fixing up houses, and I had noticed someone renovating their house in a very impressive way. I was in my 20s. The person doing this was over 50 years old. I had only chatted with him once, just to get some advice on how to do things. It quickly escalated into him wanting me to show him pictures of myself without any clothes very quickly. He was married, his wife lived with him, and I knew that. He had sent me a picture, not of his house, but of himself in the shower. The first photo of him in the shower, with the creepy adage, I really wish you were here. He was totally naked. I blocked him on Facebook, and I was alone a lot at home. So I noticed when coming home from work, someone sitting in a car, by the only road you could take to get to my place, and a car stopping by my place and just looking way too many times. He was stalking me back then, and when I moved to another place in another area, I realized he followed me there too. I finally got that confirmation because he eerily knew exactly what pseudonym that I used on Instagram, Twitter, and every social media site that there is. I remembered his handle, so I knew it was him. I have no idea how he managed to find me under those different names, and frankly, I don't want to know. The last time he cyber-stalked me, it made me turn off all of my social media. That was last year in 2021. 
A married man sent me unwanted nude pictures and cyber-stalked me for five years. Be careful of who you invite into your life. Because how he could find me when I was using totally different usernames that didn't resemble any of the other name I had used is totally beyond my comprehension. I thought I was more tech-savvy than that, but I guess he really knew how to stalk people somehow. It can happen to anyone, so be careful. The story may be different than what you're used to. I became the stalker. While I was the one being stalked first, I turned the tables out of spite, and I made the problem so much worse. An important note is that I'm a survivor of childhood abuse, and I have severe autism, which explains why I took the route that I did. I understand now that I'm older, and I've gotten help, but none of that justified what I did, even if it was done to me first. My abuser made sure that I was never able to set down roots. She'd move us around so much that the longest we'd ever stay in one place was a year, and that only happened twice. Almost all of the schools I went to were very rural. Only one actually had computers, and those were only used to learn how to type and didn't have internet access. I didn't know about the existence of the internet until I was 12 years old. I was heavily monitored and I wasn't able to freely explore the internet until I was 14, which was old enough according to my grandparents, and even then, I mainly stuck to a quiz site, Facebook, and an obscure website called Quotev, which back then was used for quizzes and fanfic writing. It was on Quotev that I was groomed by a nearly grown-ass man. I say nearly grown because he was 17 when we first met, and I was 12 and it really affected how I interacted with everyone from then on, especially males, who I only treated with hostility. The whole stalker situation started in late 2016 or early 2017, when I was 16 and very heavily into the show about pastel horses. I used to browse this art website called DeviantArt, where I would look for pony adoptables to trade for. I had found an artist, let's call him Prince, as he was a royal pain who had done emo pony adoptables. I was the kind of autistic person who got very easily upset over things that were wrong to me. In this case, it was that this person not only used a base, which is a pre-drawn template for you to trace off of, but that they also colored the pony really weird and made her look like a Mary Sue. They colored outside the lines and it looked as if it was done in MS paint. And so, I left a critique on their piece. I don't remember what I said word for word, but I do remember that I tried to keep it as constructive as possible and without insults, though I admit I didn't want to sugarcoat either. The artist Prince understandably got very upset with me, and after some arguing, I decided to leave him alone. It was a little bit later that day that I had received a notification. My name had been mentioned in a journal, a journal where you post long social media posts, as well as fan fiction on there, and worse. I had seen it was Prince's journal. I clicked on the notification, and what I read made me so upset that I actually burst into tears. Prince had made a journal ranting about me, tearing down his pony adoptable, on how cringe culture is dead and don't do this to people. And worse, he actually accused me of design theft. What was the design theft, you asked? It was two pieces of my badly drawn artwork that only had one thing in common with two of his art pieces. The first piece was my pony with a blue sparkle mane, and the second was a pony with a neon oozing gash on her neck. Prince's ponies also had those same elements, 
though his shades of blue were different, and his pony's neck use was a different color than mine, and it was glittery. Now, these two design elements were extremely common and even popular back then for pony characters, and here Prince was claiming that I committed design theft of these totally unique traits that only he's capable of drawing. I defended myself, even pointing out that I posted my blue sparkle mane pony before his, but he still wouldn't let up. At the advice of a neutral person in the comments section, I blocked Prince and I tried to move on. Unfortunately for me, Prince was really popular in the pony community, and so for a month or so, I was dealing with very nasty threats, people telling me to kill myself, and even getting my account mass reported until I was temporarily suspended because of how many people had reported my account in a couple of days. When I was finally unsuspended, my account name had been tagged in multiple journals. Prince and his friends were celebrating, and I quote, I really hope she kills herself over this, lol. When I went to the main part of Prince's account, I found the bio section. Prince was 18 years old, and he was a male. I had assumed Prince was a female up until that point, but his gender along with his age, and the fact that he wanted me to kill myself, sent me over the edge. What I did was not a smart move. I started copying his pony designs and putting them on my account, and for sale. I waited until I knew he had seen them, then took them down. Since he had such generic designs for them, it didn't take much to edit them just enough so they looked different enough to be a mere coincidence, in case I grabbed any, with the intent to do another call-out journal. This only made the harassment worse, until he blocked me, and then I quit, and a mutual follower of us had kept me informed on what he was saying about me, which was a lot. There was a time where Prince even started to reverse image search his own artwork, because I had also used them as quiz cover art on Quotev, which was one of the things he ranted about. One more thing about Prince. I wasn't the first person he had beef with over something as trivial as constructive criticism. He had at least four other different journals with the exact problem. And surprise, surprise, the ones who did pony art were also accused of design theft. So for about a year, I left him alone. I got involved with more social media and I posted those links to my DeviantArt bio, which was a very bad decision. I started getting harassed on my social medias. My Instagram was being flooded with fatphobic comments about my body. I was mid-size and suffering from an eating disorder, which was public knowledge. All the accounts were fake though, all hastily made just for commenting. I figured it was just a case of some 4chan trolls looking for bait, but it didn't let up. On my Tumblr account, I was receiving anonymous messages to all of my side blocks as well as my main account. I realized then that this must have been a stalker from DeviantArt because nowhere else had I linked all six of my blogs together. It got to a point where someone even opened a hate blog for me, where they had taken screenshots of my posts and art, and said very nasty things, and photoshopped my selfies. My favorite being when they photoshopped my head onto pictures of cows. I actually wasn't so mad about those, because they were actually kind of adorable looking. Despite all the harassment I was getting, it made me feel something unexpected. I loved being stalked, Someone had been so obsessed with me in order to track me down and open up a blog about hating me. It made me feel like a celebrity. For once in my life, someone was actually paying attention to me. I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't love everything about it. I hated the threats and suicide baiting, obviously, but I started to post more selfies. I put as much effort as I could into my appearance. I basically gave them free glamour shots to mock. By then, 
I knew that it had to either be Prince or one of his friends, and I didn't care. At least, not until that mutual follower of ours messaged me on DeviantArt, because something very serious went down. I also had several messages from other people who really wanted to know my side of the story, either new fans of his or people who were getting suspicious on his behavior. Two major things happened. The first is that he got a rather terrifyingly creepy message from someone on Quodev, who basically said hi and they told him they were me, pasting my DeviantArt URL in the message. Keep in mind my Quodev was linked on my bio so everyone could visit it. They may have copied my username, but my URL, which is like a Twitter URL, cannot be copied at all, and you can only change your URL once every six months on Quodev. The second incident was that someone had been impersonating Prince on Ponytown, which is an online open RPG where you can customize a pony and name it, and also walk around and interact with other players. The Prince impersonator was harassing people and allegedly using slurs, though there was no evidence provided for that claim. If Prince truly genuinely thought it was me, I didn't blame him, because I had already assumed it was him and his friends who was harassing me on social media. By all logical reasoning, it was pretty fair to assume, oh fuck, they found out, and now they're getting revenge on me. He was excessively cruel in his call-out journal, and he called me a disgusting stalker, which I found really ironic given that he and his friends were doing that to me. I believed someone was targeting us both, kicking the dust up for laughs. I decided to try and be the bigger person in the situation and prove it wasn't me. The first thing I did because I knew it would take the longest was track down the Ponytown impersonator and screen record it. It took me several days of scouring the Ponytown server until I found the impersonator. I talked with him, well, yelled at him mainly, and he gave me typical troll responses, like kill yourself and other nastier insults involving sexual assault. After the encounter, I then asked my friend if I could use her spare DeviantArt account, and I sent the video link to Prince on his profile comment section, so not only would he see, but so would everyone else. I also mentioned to him on Quotev to prove that that person wasn't me, and I figured we could smooth this over, right? Well, after a day, I checked back, and I'd been blocked on Quotev and on DeviantArt. My friend checked out the profile comment section, and found out that he had actually hidden my comment since you can't delete profile comments, only hide them. It then struck me that Prince had faked both incidents. I realized that whenever he was being harassed, he was getting support and attention from people, and he pulled this periodically. What kind of person goes ahead and saying that you're the one stalking him? Any sensible person would have at least edited their posts, going, okay, so someone else did this, not the person I thought it was. But no, not Prince. Also along with the fact that he didn't hide his social media links if he was being harassed. Then again, I didn't hide mine either. But that was because I really did enjoy some of the intention, whereas he apparently didn't like it. Another thing he did was make hate art of me of my persona. It looked just like my persona, and he rammed a bloody pole through my persona. To say I was livid is an understatement. Prince wanted me to be the bad guy so badly, right? Well, fine. Now I was the bad guy. I started stalking his social media. His Instagram, his old Twitter account, his Facebook, even his YouTube. I also found him on TikTok. Though that had been completely on accident. Since he did some fandom TikToks I was interested in. There was just one downside to stalking him. It was the fact that we were similar. But his life was so much better than mine. We were even both transgender. 
I had struggled with my gender identity for a really long time, and I accepted that I was trans mask some months before I came back to the mess that was him accusing me of being a stalker. The thing that really hurt me about the fact that we were both trans mask was that even though Prince wasn't on testosterone yet, he could pass for cisgender. He had a masculine face, a strong jaw, almost no lips, flat-chested enough to wear a binder, was allowed to cut his hair and dress how he wanted, and was so thin that his hips didn't even look feminine. He looked just like a cis boy without even trying. I, on the other hand, look as biologically female as they come, and I wasn't even allowed to cut my hair the way I wanted. I could not pass his mail no matter how hard I tried. He also had a supportive family and a loving partner. He was well-liked at his college, while I had just been pulled out of high school because I was being bullied for being in special ed. He had a driver's license, while in my driver's class at school, I got denied, a slot they reserved for my special education and extra tutoring. That, among many other personal things in his life, was everything that I could only wish for. He had everything that I didn't. He was living a great life compared to me. I couldn't even be myself around family. I'm not going to pretend his life was perfect and free of problems. I know that's impossible. But the fact is, he was clearly a lot happier than I was. And a lot healthier. He never had to worry about losing his internet or going to charity shops for clothes. While he had college, I had a below minimum wage job that I had to quit because of something really traumatizing that happened to me while I was on shift. I also seen that he did other art beside his base artwork. He was a very good artist, better than me at least, which made sense given that he was older, but it still made me feel like garbage. It was kind of like looking into a what if your life had been better mirror. I loathed it, I loathed him, and I loathed myself. The stalking that was only done to be spiteful became a genuine obsession, kind of like how people despite hating the Kardashians still kept up with them. I wanted to be Prince so badly. I had started pretending that I was him. I made an original character after him that I'd use as a self-insert. I would stalk his TikTok and take a note of his room, what he had in it, what it looked like, and did my best to make my room look exactly like his, which was almost impossible given our financial state. I did manage to get a blanket that looked just like his, in addition to some pins he had from the Hot Topic pin bin. Since I couldn't dye or cut my hair, I settled for doing my makeup similar to his, just more low-key so I wouldn't get yelled at. I started copying his walking, found out what other fandoms he was into, and I even stole posts from his Tumblr and Twitter account and passed them off as my own. I even actually started impersonating him on Ponytown, except I never harassed anyone. I just made innocent small talk, which turned out to be the biggest mistake, seeing as someone apparently informed Prince that someone was pretending to be him on the server. Because now, someone actually was impersonating him this time, instead of it being a homebrewed slander campaign. Prince actually flipped his lid. He was scared enough to start a jumping ship. He deleted a lot of his art from DeviantArt, completely wiped out his Instagram, and then made a new one that he had privated. He also abandoned his Twitter after wiping his art from there, and allegedly made a new one. He also quit his YouTube and went into hiding. All of this happened around 2019 to 2020. Looking back, I did some extremely shitty things. On one hand, he wanted a stalker, so I gave it to him, and the stalking that was happening to me just let up completely, which definitely proved to me that it was him and his friends doing it. And from what I had seen, people had already grown suspicious of him lying about the stalking he received from me the first time around. 
I've wanted to apologize to him since there was one social media of his that he left untouched because it was a site only a few people knew about and I assumed that since he wasn't active on there that I wouldn't bother going after it. It's almost like Tumblr, but not quite. I sent him an anonymous ask asking how he prefers his apologies and I got my answer. Speak his love language. Do it through actions. That's when I realized that I could never actually apologize him directly if I really wanted to be genuine. Anyone can say sorry to you and not mean it. I don't care if he accepts my apology. I know he won't, because that's just how Prince is. But I left him alone, though. I feel genuinely bad for him, because I'd stressed him out so badly he felt the need to ditch his online life. And who the hell knows how he'd react if he found out the true extent of my stalking. Even if he did stalk me first, I never should have done this to him.